Welcome to the I'm Book Podcast. I'm April O'Leary, your host, and this is episode 44 with our best-selling author, Becky Savage, of the book One Choice, How 10 Seconds Can Change Your Life. Hop on in and let's hear what Becky has to share with us today. Welcome to the I'm Book Podcast. I'm April O'Leary, your hostess and the founder of O'Leary Publishing, and I'm very excited today. I have one of our newest authors, Becky Savage, on. She is a number one best-selling author when her book, One Choice, How 10 Seconds Can Change Your Life, released in December of 2021. She held the number one spot in youth drug prevention uh, for weeks and weeks on both the hardcover, the paperback, and the um, Kindle version. And uh, she's here this morning to talk about her book, her book writing process, and her story. So welcome, Becky. Well, thanks for having me. I'm excited. I'm excited. So, yeah. I know we've so been trying to connect for a little bit, so this is great. Yes. You know what? Two busy ladies going in all different directions, uh, trying to make a, the world a better place is a good thing. A so, um, you know, Becky and I got connected actually through her cousin, Karen, who took a writing class from us right when COVID started in April of 2020. And Becky jumped in on that and we've uh, worked together since then. But I want to back up to your story and how um, the idea, you know, when I speak with authors, there's always some uh, light bulb moment or something that happens in their life, something that causes them to say, I need to write a book. And in your case, it was something that happened very dramatic, very tragic, um, and very unexpected where others, you know, have a kind of a lifelong unfolding of various things that happen. And so tell me a little bit about your family and about Nick and Jack and your story. Sure. Well, um, I am a mother of four boys. I've been trained, a trained nurse. I've been a nurse for over 30 years um, and I'm an educator. I used to teach in a local nursing program uh, and I loved it. I loved teaching um, and I loved working with the students. Um, but however, one night back in June, June 14th um, of 2015, our two older sons, Nick and Jack were out at graduation parties uh, participating in underage drinking. And at some point there, uh, someone pr uh, brought a prescription pill bottle and there was a group of kids that decided to experiment with prescription meds. And unfortunately, my two older sons uh, were part of that group and they did not wake up the next morning. Uh, they were pronounced dead from an accidental drug overdose. So um, yeah, so that's kind of where our life did a complete 360. Um, this, you know, was not something back then, almost seven years ago, that we ever did talk with our kids about. Um, you know, we talked to our kids about drugs and alcohol and, you know, safe sex and different things, but prescription medication abuse and misuse was not something that we talked about. And, you know, the, the tragedy um, of accidents that happen from a lack of education and as a parent as well, you know, it's hard to know everything that's out there and to stay ahead of the curve and to give your kids the best information. And, you know, prime example, you're a nurse, you're out there educating and it's, you know, your boys were active, you know, you're a very active family. 
tons of hockey and sports and busy and your lake house and, you know, all kinds of good things surrounding your lives. And yet there is this opioid epidemic that, you know, is out there somewhere, right out there. I'm yes. trying, like not, not part of my hair, not in our neighborhoods. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and it was something, you know, like after this happened, you know, you know, I was like, how did we not know that this was going on in our communities, you know, in our, in our neighborhoods. And, you know, it took us a good year to put our families um, you know, I really focus on our family, put our family first, um, my other two sons. Um, but then, you know, you kind of get mad. Like, how do we not know about this? How, um, you know, and if I didn't know about it, I know there's other families out there that don't know about it. And that's just kind of when we started to take action. We started talking about our story, um, Nick and Jack's story. Um, we went to different schools here locally, and then we started getting invites the country to go and talk and that's just kind of where our story just kind of grassroots started um, but then it just got some momentum behind it and now we're authors of a book <laughs> and you also started the 525 foundation um, really to organize together with the community um, with the schools with law enforcement with um, so many organizations. Um, and so let's talk a little bit about that because as somebody who, um, you know, watches you at all of the things that you do to really push the positive message of prevention, I find it astounding that, you know, when we have tragedy and tragedy hits and if you're a human being at some point in life, tragedy will hit um, in various ways, but just losing two kids um, to this opioid epidemic from an accidental overdose and the, you know no one would blame you if you would have just put your head under the covers and and melted and 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 left it at that but the fact that you've been able to harness this for good and then begin this foundation which is now five years strong mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about how that started well you know as a parent you know it's we all have dreams for our kids you know we all are so excited about what their future holds and to even think that Nick and Jack's future was gone um, on that night, just, you know, it still takes my breath away thinking about it, you know, and I think starting the foundation 525, which is actually named after their hockey numbers, Jack was number five and Nick was number 25. Um, it was just kind of a way as me as a parent continuing that they're still able to make a difference in this world, whether they're here physically or not, they're still, we're going to get their message out there and they're going to still make a difference and change the lives of other people. And I think that's kind of what has, you know, carried us through a lot of this, you know, um, our boys, you know, future was cut short, but yet it, they're still able to do things in this world. And so when we came together uh, a couple years ago, um, and Karen was just, you know, Karen, Becky's cousin is just, she's a ball of energy and she's got a million things going on within yeah. our course. And she was like, oh my God, my cousin, she's got to be in your course. Can she join? I was like, of course. So she joined our quick and easy book writing course. At yeah. that point, 
Had you written your book yet? I can't remember. Had you not written anything yet? No, Um, we did some blogging and things like that. Um, You know, and besides diary writing and stuff like that, nothing um, formal, you know, but it's like one of those things that is just the seed had been planted, I think a while ago, um, where somebody had said, you know, you should write a book. And I was like, oh, you know, who, who me, an author, you know, like uh, you and Heather talk about. And that's exactly what I was thinking. I'm like, no. Um, but then when Karen joined your writing group, um, she, we were talking and she's like, you really should join this. And I'm like, well, maybe I'll just join it and see what it's about and see, you know, if it's something that we I could do. And um, that's kind of where then, you know, the wheels started churning and the, um, yeah, just kind of, you guys kind of pushed me along and, you know, carried me along and, um, I'm, and I'm glad that that happened. Me too. I, I always feel like there is a guiding hand in the universe that how could a, a publisher in Florida, a small boutique mm-hmm. publisher meet someone in Indiana and they end up doing some great work together. So, you know, I, I'm always very humbled by that fact because as someone who likes to know all the details and I like to have everything mapped out and I like to know what's coming next. Sometimes you just have to relax into like, I don't know what's next. I don't know who I'm going to meet. I don't know what books we're supposed to publish, but they will come. And so as we started getting together this manuscript, um, let's talk a little bit about how it developed and how Um, you determined, you know, what's really unique about this book, because it's meant to be a tool for teens to read. And we, we went back and forth between your voice and thinking you should write it, right? Or the boys write it. And so how did you, um, thinking back, really process that and thinking about what we finally came to, which was Nick and Jack telling their own story? Yeah, again, it was part of, I still wanted them to be a part of it somehow. Um, and I was trying to find how they could do that. Um, and then just, you know, I don't know, an aha moment or have a conversation with somebody, but we know that kids, they listen to adults, but they don't listen to adults, you know, but kids listen to kids, kids, you know, get a lot of their information and a lot of the things that they know they hear or learn from other kids. So I thought, you know, what a great way for um, them to learn. Nick and Jack's message um, is then through Nick and Jack. You know, I wanted Nick and Jack to tell their story and to talk about them growing up and the things that they loved and did because I know there are other kids out there that are exactly like them. And I wanted the kids reading the book to have that buy-in, to feel that connection with Nick and Jack. And then to kind of feel that emotional ache at the end of the book when Nick and Jack are no longer with us, you know, so that that ache, um, you know, hopefully sticks with them, you know, and encourages them to, to do better and make better choices. Yeah. And, you know, it was a very powerful shift in the book when at the end you come in with your voice and say that you have to finish the story now Um, because as, as kids, you know, knowing that the parents are the ones who are still there. Parents are the ones that are now suffering because of choices that were made. Mm -hmm. And for the kids to have that ache and that realization that it doesn't have to be a chronic, you know, addict type usage to experience a a tragic, you know, fatality. 
this was a one-time occurrence that was an absolute yeah disaster accident, accident right yeah. and so to to bring a story to kids who you know sometimes kids and I know I felt that way as a kid you feel sort of invincible like you haven't experienced enough of life yet to see that life is pretty fragile right um, and so you know we we go bungee jumping, you know, I did that when I was a teenager, you know, things I would like right. never do now. <laughs> right, right. No, no bungee jumping. Yeah. No bungee jumping for me. But then you're like, what bad, what could happen? Nothing bad's right. going to happen from you that. that like, it's safe. Yeah. But it's like one of those, you know, I want kids to feel, cause I know kids, a lot of their choices they make are a direct result of how they feel about something. And I really wanted to pull at those heartstrings and mm-hmm. to pull at those emotional cords so that they know, A, every choice has a consequence, you know, positive or negative, you know, let's focus on making those positive choices. And B, you know, if if something bad does happen to you, you know, this, the story still goes on, You're you're not in it. But look at the aftermath of your choice, you know, like there are brothers that are left, you know, behind that miss you dearly every day and parents and friends and the other family. And, you know, that, you know, we live with the rest of our lives with that heartache, you know, so your choices impact not only you, but everybody around you. Yeah. And it's so true. It's, you know, as we were kind of going back and forth with, title op, you know, title options and subtitle. Oh my gosh. And I mean, it was so difficult. Right. And and I feel like there's, uh, you know, being on this side of the equation as a publisher, you know, it's something I'm getting used to. Um, even though people come and say, here's my title, here's my subtitle. I said, yeah, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. it's hard because I knew I, it, this story was so important to me to get everything, every detail just right because I was doing this for them. You know, it's kind of like I'm doing this out of love, you know, for them. Then I didn't want it to not be perfect, you know, and that's why the title, oh my gosh, we struggled. I don't even want to, I'm embarrassed to say how many years <laughs> It's like forever, but because I just, I wanted it to be the perfect, the perfect thing, you know, the perfect choice, the perfect, my choice to be the perfect choice. Yeah. And I really think it is. I really think, you know, when we went through some of the options, it was more reflective of maybe the boys, but as we were thinking about the kids whose lives we still want to touch, you know, we really, you know, your message really is about one choice. It's like, everything comes down to 10 seconds and one choice, mm-hmm. like in a split second choices you make matter. Yeah. And so that's where, um, I think that, that marrying that one choice title with how 10 seconds can change your life was kind of the perfect balance because you didn't want to focus on just the negative choices, but positive choices as well. Right. You know, Packed you, so I think that it. I I I think you did an excellent job picking the perfect title and subtitle. Well, thank you. You guys helped back uh, <laughs> up a lot. So we're we're um, you know, we're I, supporting I, acts. Yeah, but I again, like you say, you know how we met and how you know, like I'm in Indiana, you're in Florida. I mean, I think everything kind of falls into place. Um, the way it's supposed to be. And I'm just so thankful that um, our paths crossed because uh, I Me think too. it was was a win-win. So it was good. 
Definitely. So let's talk a little bit about the book design and the book launch, because that's, you know, writing the manuscript and getting the title and subtitle is like such a, it's such a process of like pouring your heart out onto paper and really working with, you know, the words and putting the pieces together. And um, once we got to that point and there were some, some changes and changing back and, you know, there's lots of, it's like playing bing bong back and yeah. forth, back and forth. Um, and then we got to the point where we're like, okay, we've got the story done. We've got the table of contents where, you know, Nick and Jack rotate back and forth, telling different parts of the story in, uh-huh. in years, you know, five-year increments. Uh, we have the graduation day. We have Becky's voice coming in there. And then we decided to include a photo book, yeah. um, which I think added so much to the reality of the story. I just was, re- I really wanted to have every element in this book that could potentially grab the interest of any kid. And I know I'm a visual person and I connect better with a story when I see who is being talked about. And so I thought, you know, there's probably kids out there, you know, I love to look at pictures of, you know, people and their families and things. And I just really wanted to add that. Um, it was just important to me to add that, you know, Nick and Jack's, cause that was part of their lives. Um, I think that, I think it's beautiful because you read the story and then you see all the pictures and then we have some letters. Let's yes. talk about the letters. Yeah, those letters were really hard. Um, a to to read through, um, you know, and you know, just to see, how, you know, that these were boys that were loved by so many people. But I know that me tell again. It goes back to a mom saying that I wanted to include letters from their friends so that kids reading this book could understand that Nick and Jack's death didn't just affect them, it affected their their community, their village of people. And so um, I reached out to some of their their closer friends and um, we got some letters that we put in the book, which I've had a lot of feedback um, related to those letters. And so I know it's, it's doing exactly what we wanted it to do. You know, it's mm. really, um, hitting the mark with some of these kids that are reading the book you know it's really very impactful really impactful and then you know to kind of finish the book with a resources section you know being the nurse educator and the teacher that you are um, and wanting to focus on really this is not just a a tragic story which it is but this is something that you can now use to say oh I didn't know this or that or whatever, I didn't feel comfortable talking to my parents or they didn't have the right information. Maybe they're trying to get their information from TikTok or Snapchat, you know, like the the information our kids get isn't always reliable. Right. Um, And, and they don't necessarily know where to go to get reliable information. And so Becky really wanted to include a resources section that has all of the different types of drugs, what they do, um, what the warnings are, um, what emojis kids use to talk about them and really keep it current so that, you know, kids weren't caught off guard because they didn't know. Well, and it started, you know, A, this was hard to do because constant drug trends are changing all the time, but I really wanted to put, you know, something quick about each drug on here and then, you know, so that they would know what stuff was. 
But B, I do a lot of um, Narcan training and, you know, it was doing some with some students. And, you know, I'm talking about how to give Narcan and, you know, what it is. And, you know, it's an opioid reversal drug. And I just was, a lot of the kids were looking back at me with blank stares. And I, and I remember saying, okay, how many of you guys know what an opioid is? Because, you know, we all hear it. We all hear that word and nobody raised their hand. And I'm like, okay, you know, here I'm assuming this group of 30 kids know what an opioid is because we use that language all the time and none of them, they've all heard it, but they didn't know exactly what it was. So I thought, you know what, let's, I want to put that in the book as a breakdown. Like this is what an opioid is. This is what an opioid does to your body when you ingest it. This is, you know, the warning signs of an overdose or marijuana. This is what marijuana is. You know, this is the different forms it can come in. This is what it does to your body. You know, I really, I just wanted to put quick things in there so that kids know, because I think we as parents um, do a lot of assuming that our kids know what stuff is when they really might not. And so I just wanted to have factual stuff um, in the book so that they could just read, you know, oh, it does mess with your brain or, oh, yes, I've seen that emoji before, or now I know what that is, you know, um, just so that kids had the facts so that they could make informed choices about different substances, different choices about anything. It's really, uh, I think, such a crucial part of the book because then it gives kids knowledge to be able to move forward and make good choices. And that's really the underlying reason of why you did this whole book is, and I've heard you say before, um, when you're in front of kids, you always picture that there's a Nick and a Jack out there. That I do, you know, because I, I know um, that, or I hope that if Nick and Jack were to have heard their story, a story like theirs, um, in an auditorium somewhere at a school or anywhere that they would have felt those heartstrings pull and they would have made a better choice that night. So I picture, you know, when I'm up talking to students, I know that there's a Nick or a Jack out there in that crowd. And that's what my focus is. I want them to hear this message so that they make better choices. Yeah. And maybe they'll go tell a friend or they'll go home and start a conversation with their parent you know, about this is what we heard today. And, you know, maybe, you know, good conversations are started because of that, you know, that's what so our hope is. It all starts with that, right? And yeah, just, you know, having those conversations, talking about it, you know, making, normalizing the conversations that are difficult, I think is hard for parents at times. And, you know, one of the things that Becky also did is she just really put so much thought into this book. And that's why I wanted to kind of cover all the various aspects because, it's easy to think that when you write a book, you're just writing a book, right? Here's right. a manuscript. But the manuscript is one thing, but one of the things that we like to do here is to think through the whole thing. Like, what is this book really gonna do? When it's the first question I ask people when they come to talk to me as a publisher about, I have a book idea, or people have told me I should write a book. And I say, okay, well, assuming you know nothing about publishing or writing a book, just set all that aside. If, if you were able to overcome all those hurdles and you're holding the book in your hand right now, what is the book doing for you? Because you have to see a vision for why you even go through all the trouble, right? Right. And so the book is not just telling Nick and Jack's story. You've included all these other features, 
And then in the very front, to incorporate the 525 Foundation, you wanted to include some down, free downloadable resources, which I thought was really beautiful because as you said earlier, stuff changes so much, mm-hmm. you know, new information, you know, Becky is like this reservoir for new information. She's mm-hmm. always getting it. She's like on the front lines of a lot of these conversations. Yeah. She gets invited to a lot of events where there's just really high level discussions about um, cutting edge things that are showing up with, you know, in, in first responders and in mm-hmm. schools Drunk and all this. Yeah. So she really didn't want the reader to just like read the book, but if they could come to the website and get the free conversation starter guide and get, what else did we include in there? Uh, teachers were working, but that's almost resources. done. Uh, we wanted to have a teacher resource, that, you know, where teachers could include this in their, their classrooms, you know, read the story and then make it easy for them to have a discussion with their class. You know, we know that our, our book hits several of the national health and education standards. Then we wanted to help teachers make that connection. Um, so I think that's beautiful because as a teacher, you know, you're paying it forward to kind of help, you know, teachers today are so busy. Mm-hmm. They have so much on their plate and we always have to think about those curriculum standards that they're, they're measured by that they need to meet. And so to basically say, here's how this book meets these standards. Here's how you can use it in your classroom. Here are the questions you can ask. Here are the conversations you can start. Here is a, you know, an essay. We had talked about possibly an essay contest in the mm-hmm. future students could participate in, but all of that's free at the website. And that's right right up front in the book. You know, she tells people go to the website, get this free information. And then that way she can, she can stay in the conversation with the reader and give the continue to give them the most current information because a book, once it's done, it's signed, sealed, delivered, it's out the door, but you know, with emails and with, you know, social media, which she does such a great job with, she's able to just keep pumping out all that positive information. That's going to help kids continue to make good choices. So and stay, stay on the forefront of what's going on. Um, but yeah, that's, it was very important to me to not only write a book, um, that people could, you know, read about Nick and Jack. And I didn't want them just to go, oh my gosh, wow, that was an awful story and then put the book away. I wanted then them to be able to go the next step, which is what can I do? What are my action steps moving forward? And, you know, I, we tried to lay it out in the book for teens. This is what you can do for parents. This is what you can do. I mean, have a conversation. Oh, you don't know how to start a conversation. Here's how you start a conversation with your child. You know, Mm -hmm. we want, we want to make prevention easy. We want to make conversations easy with parents to have it with their kids or kids to have a conversation with their parents, Mm -hmm. because we know that sometimes that's not always easy for a, a child to come to their parents and start a conversation about a difficult topic, you know? Um, so we want to try to make it easy for everybody. Yeah. And you've done that. So my hat's off to oh, you. Well, thank you. You know, thank you really did an awesome job. You know, her book launch was a huge success. Um, tons um, of online sales, tons of excited people. You've got a ton of Amazon reviews already. Last I checked, it was like close to hundred Amazon reviews already. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And we're just so grateful that it has been accepted, you know, and it's been all positive. So, cause you know, you put your heart out there, you know, this is your story and it's like, oh my goodness, you know, but 
um, the response has been incredible. And if we can just make a difference in one person, one Nick or one Jack, then it was all worth it. A hundred percent. And, you know, um, as we wrap up here, one of the things that I like to do is direct people where to go. First of all, you know, they can buy the book, um, on your website, Mm -hmm. they can buy the book through Amazon. Um, do you, are they going to Becky Savage or to five, two, five? What's your either one. Um, we do have beckysavage.com or five, two, five foundation.org that they can go to the book links are on both. And, um, a lot of the educational material is on five, two, five foundation. We have lots of, you know, event information, different things like that on there or Amazon, Barnes and Noble, things like that. They can find it on that link as well. That's perfect. And we have just talked a little bit about school assemblies. I will tell you that I'm going to put a link in the show notes. Um, Becky was have flew down here for our first uh, TEDx style speaker event. She was one of our featured speakers and gave a presentation about her Nick and Jack story. And so I want to make sure that you can see her presenting on stage in front of, you know, a few hundred people and, and you'll really, she dives a lot more into the actual personal side of the story, which we didn't get too much into today, but I want to get you over there to see that as well. Um, But as far as school assemblies, um, let's talk just for a minute about that because Becky has traveled all over the place presenting in front of students. And, you know, they say for, for most people, one of the biggest fears is public speaking, right? Mm -hmm. But I can't imagine public speaking in front of a bunch of teenagers. So you are superwoman. It's it's intimidating, but again, I go back to, I love working with students, you know, and that, you know, I'm still able to do that in this you know, flip side, I'm still able to talk to students and educate students, but, um, there, I have never been in front of a crowd that has been disrespectful. Usually when I start talking about Nick and Jack's story, you can literally hear a pin drop. You know, the kids are so engaged, um, which is what I want them. I want them to feel connected and, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's been great. I never, again, wanted to be a public speaker, never thought that would happen. Um, but it, it has, and, and it's okay. It's okay. And you are, bad. you, you do an excellent job. So I want to thank you so much thank for being you. on today. Please check the show notes for all the ways to get in touch with Becky, to get the conversation starters, to get the book one choice, make sure you leave an Amazon review. Um, and that you follow 525 Foundation on all those social platforms and stay connected. It's so important because this work really is saving lives. And that's what really makes me excited is that, you know, the mission at O'Leary Publishing is to publish books that raise the global consciousness. And this book is exactly what we do is like, we want the world to be a better place because of the books we publish. So I want to just say, thank you for trusting us with your voice and with your story and for being part of our O'Leary Publishing family. We really adore you. Uh, well, the feeling is mutual. And I'm, like I said, I'm forever grateful for, for you and your team. Been incredible. Thank you. All right, everyone. Have a great day and check the show notes. And we'll be back with you next time for another episode of I'm Booked. Have a great day. And 
And that concludes today's episode with Becky Savage. Thank you, Becky, for coming on, for sharing your story, and for trusting us to get your book out into the world. We so appreciate you. If you are out there and you have a message to share, you want to change the world with your story, or you're passionate about your mission, please reach out to us at O'LearyPublishing.com. We'd be happy to speak with you and we have a free publishing guide, The Influencer's Path to Successful Publishing, ready for you to download. This 55-page guide will tell you what it's like out on the publishing landscape today and what your options are to get your book published. Have an amazing day and thank you for being part of our listenership here at the iBook Podcast. Have an amazing day.